My name is Damali Sali and I welcome you to this episode of the Ideation Corner. The Ideation Corner is a space where ideas are discussed and dissected. And today I host John Mark Sebunya. Mark was born and raised in Masaka, which is 120 kilometers from Kampala. He completed his uh, first degree in computer science with first class honors. He holds a master's in engineering, which he completed with distinction from the University of Raj in Brussels, Belgium. Mark started off his career at the Bank of Uganda, then he moved to MTN Rwanda and MTN Uganda. And in 2018, he moved to the MTN Group. At the MTN Group, uh, Mark leads the evolution of the group's financial technology platform. And uh, he speaks both French and, uh, and English. Mark is passionate about contributing to improving the lives of Africans and he has made deliberate choices to work towards this goal by supporting and taking part in initiatives that are, are part of the digital inclusion and financial inclusion. Mark also has, uh, wants to uh, leave a legacy of a big African brand that is high people which is going to impact and contribute to the lives of poor uh, people. So today I'm very happy to have Mark in my ideation corner. Mark, you're very welcome and thank you so much for speaking to me. I'm glad to be at the ideation corner. Such a privilege. Uh, ideation is a very big word in its own sense. Um, everything is an idea until when it's uh, realized. Uh, I do hope that um, the ideas that are shared, the views that are shared, um, get some implementation in some space. I'm very glad on the introduction you've given me. I don't think I can even introduce myself better than that. <laughs> I'm <you>. honored. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So having, having gone through your profile, I think you're the one of the few people in the world who can uh, authoritatively talk about financial inclusion on the African continent. So if you may, please give me uh, at least uh, what the current state looks like. Um, Financial inclusion in, in Africa is something that um, is growing well, if we can say what's the current state in, um, in very simple terms. Uh, it's something that is growing well. Um, summarizing it in uh, one sentence or in one paragraph uh, is not um, that much possible, but I will give a bigger context. Um, why do we talk about financial inclusion? Uh, we do have a state, maybe 20 years ago, whereby there was realization that um, for us to develop, we need our people, uh, the bottom of the pyramid, who are largely unbanked, to be able to access financial services. Now, banking has been here in uh, Uganda, in Africa, for over 100 years. There are banks that we can talk about that have been on the African uh, continent, particularly, for over 100 years. While banking has been here for over 100 years, we do have a situation whereby 20 years ago, 15 years ago, if you come to a country like Uganda, you go to a country like Cote d'Ivoire, you go to a country like uh, Gabon, more than 70% mm. of uh, the population was not formally banked. Formally banked doesn't mean that uh, these people are not holding money, touching money, using money. Mm -hmm. uh, money has been here for since before Christ in different forms. Um, and what is money? Money is um, 
can be interpreted as a store of value, a means of payment, an element of trust in a transaction. Um, there, there are stories about um, communities um, who look at money and uh, you go to the community and they tell you, you know what, uh, so-and-so owns that tree there. And this tree has this kind of value. Mm -hmm. The moment you go and touch this tree, you benefit like this. It's money, in a sense. It's a medium of exchange. They're putting trust in a tree. Um, there are stories whereby they tell you um, of communities um, who talk about rocks. Um, someone says they have rocks somewhere in the water, somewhere um, on um, under land, and then they tell you this family uh, is in charge of these rocks. We've entrusted them the value of these rocks. Now, this is money. Uh, it has been existing in very many different forms. To the, to, to the case whereby many of us are used what we call fiat currency. Mm -hmm. Fiat currency is um, you are looking at the paper money, the coins, um, which have been of recent. Now, the people that we do have across the African continent and everywhere in the, in the world are accustomed to the use of fiat currency. But it has been happening for so many years whereby this is informal. Uh, informal in a sense that these people don't have what we call bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Now, there is a trust around money as um, a mode of exchange um, whereby uh, people, as long as they know there is this fiat currency, say a hundred dollars or fifty thousand shillings in a ugandan money or um one thousand kenya shillings if you give the person this paper or this coin there is the bit of trusting that currency so the people do these exchanges now the element comes in and you realize that okay while there is money circulating many of our people can't go beyond the day-to-day -day transaction I'm selling my cow, I'm selling my chicken, I'm selling my potatoes uh, to get an amount to run me the next day. Mm -hmm. But then you realize that there are social needs. Uh, children have to go to school. Um, there are uh, health needs. People get sick. They need um, treatment. Um, there are basic needs in houses like power, like water. Uh, people have moved away from um, use of wells. Mm -hmm. Many have migrated to the towns where you can't own a well like it previously was. Uh, so you need piped water. And this you need to exchange for something. So you come to a realization that many people have not got these essential services um, because one, they're either not having money, but even when they have the money, they don't have the right means to save to borrow, to extend their capabilities. Because when you save, it means you've saved maybe for a bad day. Mm -hmm. um, a child gets sick at home, then you are able to um, use part of your savings. Or you earning money and then you are saving, you get an insurance. Mm -hmm. Someone gets sick, you are able to get an insurance policy. So many people have been excluded from these services. Now, Financial inclusion uh, is looking at bringing people into the financial ecosystem, but the ultimate goal is not just bringing them into the financial ecosystem, better their lives. Mm -hmm. Let these people be able to access education. Let them be able to access the best needs in the house, water, electricity. Let them be able to access health services. And what ties them all together 
is the financial inclusion element. Now, when you say financial, financial inclusion, um, there are a couple of words that come into context. We talk about access to financial services. Mm -hmm. um, is someone able to access um, a place where they can deposit their money, withdraw their money, or make a payment? Um, is someone able to do that? Um, is the service being provided affordable? In a sense that while I could be able to, for instance, uh, pay for um, bread at um, a supermarket with um, my cash, which I exchange, you tell me this bread is 5,000, I give you 5,000. Mm -hmm. When you tell me to pay with it with digital financial services, um, am I paying extra? 5,000 becomes 5,100. Is it worth for me to, to use the service? So well, affordability. Affordability comes in. Um, so access, affordability. Um, then you look at also the value. What I mentioned earlier is the value. Um, I need to send my mother in Masaka. You introduced that I, I was born in Masaka. I need to send my mother 100,000 in Ugandan money. Is it worth it for me to spend 5,000 um, and send the 100,000? Or is it better for me to spend five hours get on the road, drive, or in a, in a taxi, and then go and give this money in cash. So that's the element of the value. Because people look at, okay, what's the value add here? What's the value proposition? Uh, I do a digital financial service. Um, what's the cost benefit? Am I, is it costing, costing me more? So affordability and value um, come kind of close. So in a nutshell, financial inclusion is how do you get people to access for more financial services? in an affordable way but also adding value to whatever they are doing once you get into that realm then you can start uh, to look at how can all these other services that better the lives of the people be enabled with financial inclusion at the heart of the transactions you're paying for electricity you're paying for water um, you are doing your school fees payment uh, you need health insurance how do you use financial services um, um, to enable this? Now, in Africa, when, many times when we talk about financial inclusion, uh, we've talked a lot uh, about what we call mobile financial services mm -hmm. or digital financial services. Uh, Africa as a continent is a continent that um, uh, I would call mobile first, whereby we historically have had a lapse mm -hmm. or a lack of uh, infrastructure like um, telephone, uh, cable mm -hmm. um, uh, and then it's a huge continent you go to a country like Congo um, you find it's big um, sparsely populated uh, forest so the infrastructure there is a little bit challenging but luckily mobile came in mm -hmm. uh, when mobile came in then you realize that um, uh, you can communicate to someone um, 200 kilometers away with a phone call that's uh, we've had this for 20 plus years mm -hmm. uh, within Africa. And of course, um, um, uh, a longer period across the world. So you realize, okay, you can communicate to people uh, using a mobile phone. Then it so happened um, um, along the way that um, sometimes you, you, you put out a service, like a mobile service, with one intention, but then people realize they can use it for something which wasn't intended. The typical case here is, when mobile came in, people were buying airtime um, and then, of course, doing calls. 
then because there was the need of moving money um, across Africa families, uh, one thing around Africa is that um, um, our extended families are close. When a child grows up, uh, they don't kind of um, close links with, uh, with their parents, with, with uh, their siblings. They keep very close to support each other. So you come to a realization that a child like me could have left Masaka, came to the city, and then I need to send money home. Now, people realize that, okay, I'm buying airtime of 10,000 or uh, of 100,000. Why don't I buy this airtime, send it to an agent store for someone close home, send 100,000 airtime, tell this airtime agent that, you know what, let my mother come, give my mother 90,000, keep the 10,000. Oh, that's so how it started. That's how it started, <laughs> as, as an no idea. idea. Yes. Wow. So people first looked at, at uh, airtime and all of that, mm. then figured out a way of how they could actually do kind of money movement using airtime. Now, when they realized that the inventors of mobile telecommunication didn't have this in mind at the, at the start, but now the market needs, the people have diverted to use airtime for a financial service. That's when now in innovators realized the element of the ideation here. Realized, you know what, there is an idea here. There is a need, people need to move money. Now they're doing it in a way via airtime. Why don't we try to do what we call mobile money in, in a sense, um, and then move money electronically within mobile networks. So mobile telephone operators, M-Pesa in Kenya, has started the uh, mobile money the way we know it. Um, of course, it's Vodafone Group, um, Safaricom. They did some lab tests. They did some kind of um, pilots. Um, there was elements of uh, the global uh, kind of development players who are interested. They did lab tests, they did pilots, and they realized there was something magnificent. So mobile money starts, M-Pesa grows. It comes to markets like Uganda, uh, 20, I think that should have been 20, uh, 2008, around that time. Um, and now you have something like mobile money and digital financial services in so many parts of Africa, and of course elsewhere in the world. Now. Mobile money in itself is a form of a digital financial service. So uh, coming to what I said about money, you have money, the uh, store of value. Mm -hmm. Then you do have um, a, a, a payment instrument. Mm -hmm. um, and then you also have things like channels. So you have a store of value, which essentially has been kept to be uh, in the current setup. The store of value is largely money at bank. Um, there, there are other stores of value, but broadly, um, stores of value have still been money at bank. Now, you come in with digital money, e-money, which is coming in like with mobile money. You have money at bank, you have money in an e-white player. So, then you get a payment instrument. A payment instrument like debit cards, like um, debit and credit cards. Of course, even our mobile money kinds of payment. They come in as um, payment instruments. Then you come to channels channels like USSD, um, channels like the web, and of course the ATMs which we've known previously, and even at the tailor, all these are kinds of channels. Now, the financial inclusion element then um, brings all this together. You, you have now a diversification of uh, payment instruments 
because mobile money, digital financial services done by different PR fintechs has now diversified the payment instruments. Now you have a diversification of channels. So you have mobile as a very primary channel, you have point of sale terminals, um, you have ATMs, you have debit and credit cards that are all being used. So you have a, di a diversification of channels that are being used in the market. What does all this do? Um, what it does is that it has created an environment whereby people who were previously excluded from formal banking um, can now, off their phone, get a bank account. You no longer need now to go to Standard Chartered or to Stanbic or to any of these other banks physically to get an account. You either do it digitally um, at the bank application or you can do the very same through a mobile channel like via one of the mobile money providers. It could be MTN, Airtel, AfriSale, Orange. You can create an account. They've enabled uh, through their channels, they've enabled means to create an account. So you get an account at the bank. So you are financially um, included. Now, once you are financially included, I put that in, in quotes, because creating an account in itself from the definitions now of um, usage, accessibility. Um, affordability. Yeah, um, affordability. Creating an account is not enough. You need to create an account that you can use. Mm -hmm. So after you've got the account now, the next question comes in to be like, how are you using that account? Do you receive money to the account? Maybe you are selling goods. Um, you are, let's assume you are uh, a, a merchant in um, a market. You are selling tomatoes, or oranges, onions. How does that money come into your account? Um, or you are doing a service like uh, you are a builder somewhere. You 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 part of a, a a contract. You are contracted to come and do a service. Uh, maybe it could be manual. Um, you part of the team that is doing the work. How do you get paid? So now there is the element of uh, people have created these accounts. Literally, you, you bring them in the form of financial fraud. But what are they doing with these accounts? Are they using them? Now, uh, bank, sorry, um, government, to, government to person payments become important, whereby government is a big payer across the, the, the ecosystem uh, in Africa and elsewhere in the world. So there is digitization to be like governments, um, uh, development partners. If you are moving money, uh, move it through the digital financial ecosystem and this money gets to the people to receive it on their accounts. Mm -hmm. Now, when they get it on their accounts, how do they use, use it off their accounts? Then the element of merchant payments I need to be able to go to the store there where I want to buy milk and then pay with my digital financial service. Mm -hmm. My account um, with um, um, the telco or with uh, the bank or with an MFI, I should be able to make that payment digitally. So then that brings now the movement of money within the ecosystem, the digital ecosystem. Because we are at a stage whereby um, there is a talk around what we call cashless economies. Um, which I prefer to say cash light economies because cashless mm. is the end state. But that end state is still uh, a little bit ideal because the attachment to physical money um, is like a, a social attachment whereby uh, you may not completely pull out and say, uh, at least not in the short term or medium term, that there will completely be no, no cash. cash. 
But hmm. we, we can drive what we call cash light, whereby we come from a cash-full economy, whereby everything is cash. We do these digital financial services. We include more people or everyone at some stage into the ecosystem. Then we encourage the use of these digital financial services. So we reduce, we gradually the reduce of cash the amounts of cash okay. that are within the ecosystem. And that for that to happen, the element of um, what I've called um, merchant payments mm. becomes important. Someone got money, they should be able to go to the smallest of their store. They're buying milk, they're buying uh, fish, maybe they're at um, a port somewhere, a landing port, they're buying fish. They should be able to do this with a digital payment. Once they do this with a digital payment, then we shall be able to see more around a cash light really movement. Okay. We have a trend um, that uh, many people who receive money, P2P or being paid, you're moving to cash it out. Why are you cashing it out? Because then you want to go to the shop Make and pay for your, your bread, yes. So there is um, a big opportunity here. There is a big opportunity where fintechs come in. Mm -hmm. um, because for us to drive now cashless um, agenda uh, via the cash light movement, uh, then we see that there is opportunity. Are you doing um, agriculture, for instance? Um, are you doing um, a fishery? Are you doing construction? Um, whatever industry you look at it, healthcare, uh, medicine, mm. look at your, 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 your business, see what can be done to enable this business uh, to operate more digitally. Now, for it to operate more digitally, you can decide to say, okay, maybe my shop, uh, which is selling um, fruits um, or milk, uh, I can put a page somewhere online, tell people you can order, and then you order and make the payment to me using mm. a digital wallet or a digital financial service. So you have an idea there mm. to digitize mm. that stream. You are doing education. Uh, we've seen uh, during the times of COVID, yeah. whereby schools are shut mm. um, for inevitable reasons. But I mean, students need to... Uh, learn. keep learning mm -hmm. to grow because um, education is part of their their growth now you will be able to say okay we're going to provide a package a digital education package um, subscribe to it and then make the payment from wherever you are using your digital financial service now this enables people who are now home to get the education you don't need to have to have gone to a bank to now access that this service so uh, coming to what I said earlier, that the element of financial inclusion is at the end of the day to enable get, people get the basic services, all that they need for their life. Mm -hmm. You need education, you need health. Okay, let your means of payment mm -hmm. not exclude you from getting this service. Even um, um, when you would have afforded it, if the means of payment excludes you, uh, you won't get the service. Mm -hmm. So digital financial services there enable you to be able to access the service more easily. Um, at the end of the day, when you look at it, um, what we call including everyone um, in financial inclusion, when you, when you include everyone, you're helping grow the economies. When more people are socially better, they are having education, they're having better health, um, it means you're going to be more productive as a nation yeah. or as nations. Mm. Um, time that has been spent that is uh, unproductive, we now be more productive because your people are learned. They can do more production. Uh, times that have been spent because people are sick 
and they can't get um, health services, uh, health services mm. is now reduced because the people can now access the health services. Um, people that have been getting um, problems because they're taking water that is not uh, clean, you now have financial services enabling um, access to tap water at a subsidized um, a payment that is done over a period of time. It's not like a one-off capital payment, mm -hmm. which is hard for people. Mm -hmm. People that are children that was, were getting complications, health complications um, in um, kind of breathing because they're using a kerosene kind of uh, lighting in the house, mm -hmm. uh, which is bringing in all these gases and impacting the health of these children is now reduced because over financial inclusion you are seeing solar energy being provided to so many families across africa at subsidized prices that are affordable over a longer period so all these effects are coming because of the element that was started um financial inclusion digital financial services that are being now used all across africa so um, i do believe that uh, people who started this like 20 years ago never saw the end effects that it would it would open up all these kinds of enrichments to the lives of people that uh, we do uh, we do live with and we do serve so that's really my take around uh, the topic well you're yeah. definitely the right person to speak to because i there are so many aspects that you've dissected that i had no clue i didn't even know where it began how you know the the mobile technologies you know started thinking about money i didn't know that it came from actually the the people who found a way to turn airtime into a, a mode of transaction and a mode of transfer of value, and that that's where it's actually started. So now, having having explained all that, uh, where are we as, say, Uganda, for example, where are we in this cash light uh, process? Are we in the middle? Are we about to get there? So I would um, say um, we are in, um, I can't say in the, I can't quantify it in a percentage terms, but uh, there are researchers that give figures. Uh, the researchers that give figures, for instance, in Uganda, um, the, the UCC, the Bank of Uganda, gives figures around financial inclusion. They will tell you we have something like 20 million uh, mobile accounts, 20 million mobile money accounts. Um, they will tell you uh, accounts at the bank. So these figures are available. Now, if you look at a, a market like Uganda, where you have a population of 40, about 42 million people, and then you have uh, around 20 million uh, mobile money accounts, um, you're literally saying uh, half or all the, the, the adult population is having, in absolute terms, is having an account. Now, this doesn't give you the full picture, but it's, it's a positive we've moved somewhere because 10 years, 15 years back, you had like um, less than 20% people having bank accounts, formal bank accounts. Now, literally, you're having like a 50% of people having accounts with a in, in a formal financial institution. Now, formal here uh, comes in with the element of what we call um, it's regulated, it has a clear process, it has a, bureau, a bureaucracy. Because what would happen informally is that, um, people, like I said earlier, people used to transact. Yeah. I could come to you, Damale, and say, you know what, lend me one million. You give me one million. Mm -hmm. Now, when I come to ask you, lend me one million, you may tell me to explain mm -hmm. 10 reasons why you, I, I need the, the one million. Sometimes inconveniencing, but we, I mean, if you need something, you do explain that. Yes. Now, when you bring people in the formal financial service, mm -hmm. um, then 
as long as this person has been transacting, you see like what we call micro lending, yes. savings and all that. Mm. Someone now can borrow one million without having to explain uh, 10 reasons of why they need the one million. Now, when they borrow this one million, they're borrowing it under a formally a, a formal financial institution, which is regulated by the central bank. Meaning, the, this institution won't do something against the law to claim the one million back. Whereas, when I took one million from you, you might, you might have, if I fail to pay after maybe one month or three months, if we agreed, you may come and say that, you know what? I'm taking your car. Yeah, I'm taking your car because of one million, something like that. So, um, now here people are more protected uh, because these are formal financial institutions. So, we've moved. Mm -hmm. uh, to your question, we've moved. We have more people financially included. We have more offers to the people from, a, from formal financial services. We've seen more savings, more lending. We've seen insurance also coming into the play. Historically, um, markets like Uganda and many people across Africa have had uh, a skepticism around insurance. Now, with digital, small micro-insurance is taking ground. So we are on the journey. Now, the element that we still have to address, remember I said there is access, there is usage, there is affordability. The usage element, we still have quite a lot of work to do. Uh, the different players, banks, telcos, are doing a good job. They're innovating products for payments, merchant payments, and putting them out there. But the culture still also has to trust uh, and then to grow with these products. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to start to trust, trusting mm -hmm. that, you know what, I don't necessarily need to go to that supermarket and take uh, 1,000, 2,000 in cash. I can go there with my money still in the wallet, I get the liter of milk, and then I pay with my digital wallet. So there is that journey that we're supposed to move mm -hmm. um, as a society in Uganda. This is not different from elsewhere in Africa. Okay. Uh, you will find um, I've been able to, uh, luckily, be in so many African countries. Uh, I've been nearby Rwanda, Kenya. I've been far in Cote d'Ivoire, in South Africa. I've been to many of our African countries, Ghana. Um, the, 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 there isn't a big difference in um, how we are all dealing with this uh, with financial inclusion. Mm -hmm. We are all under the same umbrella. We could be at different scale, but our problems, our society problems are the, are same, the same across yeah. most of the African countries. Um, our means are similar. Some may appear to have a little bit more, but we are closely in the same bucket. So um, where you, when you look at Uganda and you say Uganda has now these people moved to have formal financial accounts. Mm. The same you find in Ghana, you find in Cote d'Ivoire, because the players there, mm. mobile players, and uh, the banks and other fintechs, mm. uh, have been part of uh, the movement that is spreading financial inclusion. And they're taking the journey uh, to the next level. Mm. Then, now you look at um, the next stage, whereby after you've done um, the, 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 the start, mm -hmm. or I could say the basics of financial inclusion, then uh, regulation comes in, like Uganda has just um, passed the National Payments um, uh, Act. Mm -hmm. So regulation is coming in now. Regulation is, comes in for the good. Um, for the good of uh, ensuring that uh, the players can be competitive, they can be sustainable, and the consumers are protected. So regulation comes in. So we're now just in that journey. There were guidelines before, like from Bank of Uganda and UCC on things like mobile money. Um, banks had de regulation, definitely. Mm -hmm. But um, now the act is just coming in to regulate 
uh, the new players in financial services, the fintechs, regulation is coming in. You will see the same across Africa, whereby regulators literally in many parts, uh, countries, apart from a few, left innovators mm. to start with these ideas, okay. move, learn along, mm. manage risk. Mm. Then after there is a, a proper view mm. and assessment, uh, then they decide to say, you know what, now the regulation should say uh, so-and-so is um, the authority on um, overseeing fintechs, uh, so-and-so is the authority in uh, ensuring consumer protection, um, sure, um, uh, this agency is in charge of competitive tendencies. Mm. So that is now starting to come up. Come up. Okay. Now, as that comes up, of course, there is the, 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 the growth is not, um, not stopped. Okay. Uh, the innovations are still coming in. You see very many young people coming from universities uh, doing financial services from a fintech perspective, doing products from the industries like I mentioned. You can do something for agriculture, for education, mm. for health, health yeah. um, and, and then bundle this together with, um, with, uh, with the payments and mobile money. Mm -hmm. um, so we're seeing those innov innovations coming in. There are so many brilliant ideas mm. that um, uh, many young people do have. Uh, and like what I said earlier, sometimes you put up something, like you put up mobile money, um, with an intention of say payments p2p and then someone comes up with a different idea and then they use it for payment mm. that you didn't intend it then you realize oh you can actually uh, do that uh, do do it even better mm -hmm. you 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 have mobile money you see someone comes up with something called safe border for instance and then okay mm. safe border starts borders are being paid um digitally and then it evolves something else it evolves to a wallet whereby uh, these border people are, are saving money, they are borrowing, mm. uh, it involves to, to full e-commerce, whereby now you can... Um, Buy a Rolex yeah, through you Safe can, Border. Exactly, you can <laughs> order for your Rolex through Safe Border. So there are all these evolutions. The starter mm. of this idea never anticipated that. But the people that now start to realize the market needs uh, and are working along providing solutions, start to get all these brilliant uh, top applications. Mm around the best idea. So we, we would be seeing that quite a lot uh, across Africa. Mm. Then uh, there is the element of saying that um, um, uh, we are at the level whereby um, we haven't yet connected everything together. Mm -hmm. Like the, there has been a talk, for instance, on the internet, where they talk about internet of things, yes. whereby everything is connected together. I could sit here, uh, my car is out there, I can just say, okay, um, talk to my phone, say, lock car. The phone is connected to my car, it will lock. My gate is somewhere out there, say, oh, lock the gate. The phone is connected, it locks the gate. So, or oh, you're coming through it, say, I tell it open. Mm -hmm. Now, this has been talked about from Internet of Things. Um, now, uh, what we do have from, from, from a financial perspective is that even payments should now uh, be looked at in that perspective. Mm -hmm whereby I should be able to say, okay, uh, I tell my fridge, order for my groceries. Now, the fridge orders for the groceries, and the groceries have to be paid. Now, if the groceries have to be paid, even payment should be connected from my fridge, my phone, my other devices. The payment should also be connected. So the fridge doesn't need to ask me to be like, okay, how much do you have in your account? It should be able to, to integrate with uh, APIs, with some intelligence, mm. and know, okay, mm. I have enough balance. Maybe I provisioned, eggs. yes, mm. I provisioned and said 10,000 uh, every month before groceries. 
20,000 this. If it realizes that, okay, 10,000 for groceries, mm -hmm. she'll come back and tell me, you know what, you've 10,000 for groceries was re-budgeted or re spent on something else. Mm -hmm. Do you accept that we use 10,000 for, for fuel to do this? That kind of intelligence. Okay. That's where we should be oh, going. Be interesting. Now, um, of course, that sounds like um, we are far away from it. But um, mm. uh, if you sit within a technology front, mm. where I've been lucky to sit, I, I've seen these demonstrations of products like this. Um, when we can be able to get them to mm. market, mm. it's still subject for trials and testing, mm. but we are going there. Okay. We are going there with that element of connected payments. Now, um, market-specific and uh, region, um, we do have the case of uh, interoperability, mm -hmm. whereby... Uh, you still have movement of payments, movement of money uh, that needs to be made interoperable. In a sense, that um, if you look at uh, a merchant store, where are you going to pay for um, your groceries? Mm -hmm. um, I could be having an account at a bank. Another person has the account via their telephone operator. Another account person has an account via another fintech that is um, allowed to have e-money. Now, when you go to pay for your groceries, you don't want to be in a situation as a merchant um, owning this store, you don't want to be in a situation whereby you need a channel for each of for these. Each, yeah. You want one channel mm. whereby someone who wants to pay via from their bank mm. or from their telco mm. operator or from their other fintech holding a store of value mm. um, will go through this very same channel and make the payment. So that's now a level of interoperability. So there should be interoperability at the channels, mm. interoperability at the payment instruments, mm -hmm. payment instruments like mobile money, um uh, and debit credit cards and then how the money moves at the store a store of value now this interoperability element is very important um i'll give you another example here if you just look at uh, the, the movement of money mm -hmm. why we've digitized banks in their own uh kind of um i would say silo uh, um, uh setup have made their own channels telcos have made their own channels other fintechs have made their own apps uh, today, if you want to move money from Bank A to Bank X in the same country like Uganda, um, people have actually tried whereby moving money from Bank A to Bank X, when I'm doing it the, uh, from a bank, is in some cases taking hours mm. or a day. Mm -hmm. In some cases, not in all cases. Now, then someone realizes to be like, okay, mm. um, if I move this money from Bank a mm -hmm. and move it my mobile wallet mm -hmm. it will take me one minute to yes. do it via push and pull then i move it from my mobile wallet and move it to the other bank, bank. <laughs> again it's one minute so it's quicker exactly so then someone realized that you know what instead of moving it from bank this directly mm -hmm. now i will take it through this channel i move it to maybe my mobile money account and then move it to the bank which is good but it comes with a constraint mm -hmm. that you as a, a consumer are now having to pay costs Two mm -hmm. times. Yeah, from bank from, to... From bank to wallet, then to from wallet to, to bank. bank. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's where the element of interoperability comes in. Uh, whereby all our financial um, uh, kind of uh, players, uh, those holding store of value, should be able to be connected to something like a national switch. Mm -hmm. Whereby uh, I don't need to do this kind of going ground. Mm -hmm. um, my bank connects to the switch. It, it, I initiate the transaction, mm. and then the transaction will reach you in real time. Now, this, there's been um, uh, different uh, development partners, mm -hmm. like the Gates Foundation, 
um, which has what we call level one principles. They've put forward guidance for like um, real-time movement. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to move the money real-time for the people. Now, why this is, this is very important, especially for the bottom of the pyramid, mm -hmm. because um, if, if um, I have uh, a sister somewhere in Masaka mm -hmm. who is having a small business, um, they are many times running with capital for the day. Yeah. So if I decide that, you know what, um, my sister tells me that uh, I'm short of yeah. uh, 100,000 for my uh, stock today, mm -hmm. I, I, she doesn't have the luxury of waiting for another day to have that money. So if I want to move it to her, mm. I need it to move in real time so she can be able to get the groceries. Mm -hmm. So um, interoperability in this case, um, movement real time kind of uh, uh, money transfer is very important, especially for the people with, that we call bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. It may not be so important for uh, big transactions between a big telco and a big bank, a big airline mm. and a big supplier. They can afford to wait. They can afford to wait yeah. for two days because they're dealing in big chunks of money. But the bottom of the pyramid person uh, needs this money to move in real time. They need what he calls same-day settlements. Mm -hmm. So um, foundations like uh, the Gates Foundation under Level 1 Principles has put forward what we call design principles mm -hmm. for financial systems that include everyone. Uh, these are called real-time uh, payment systems that are being built by different fintechs. Mm -hmm. The element, the keyword there is real-time. The whole mind is all um, framed around real-time. Mm -hmm. You want people to move their money, either transfer payments um, in as real. close real-time as possible. Mm -hmm. Same-day settlements. Mm -hmm. You've collected some people, merchants' payments for the day. Mm -hmm. They need to stock tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Move their money um, by tomorrow. Give it to them. So this is something that um, we still have a lot of work to do. Okay. Um, there are so many... Uh, value creation ideas that uh, the youth, the fintechs that want to explore financial inclusion uh, can come on board to, to look at how do you do um, uh, real-time payment systems. Uh, they could be national switches, regional switches. Uh, they could be supporting uh, uh, fintechs to, to integrate within um, uh, these solutions. Uh, it could be how do you, do you build applications on top of this? You are building insurance applications. You want to to, to, to take an insurance policy that tomorrow when I have a problem, uh, I don't have to wait for, 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 for three days for the policy. Because mm. th those are uh, some of the reasons why Africans have mm. uh, not had much trust in insurance. Um, I mean, I, I need I have an immediate need, mm -hmm. and then you, you're taking me through a process, a process. that is seeming that you're actually deliberately delaying me for a week. Mm. So people want to be able to get that trust, mm -hmm. that I will take an insurance policy mm -hmm. through a digital platform, platform uh, mm. and then when I need it, when I need it, maybe um, an hour process, mm. and then I get the payment done. Mm. So, and all that would be facilitated as, as uh, applications mm. when uh, you do have um, real-time payments. So the insurance, whatever the bank it's uh, working with, when it says, you know, I will pay you from bank X, mm -hmm. you have to receive your money through maybe the mobile wallet that you do have mm -hmm. with your telco. It comes in real time. In real time. It yeah. doesn't have to, to, to wait for a, um, a clearing at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So this evolution around interoperability is something that uh, we are on the journey for. Um, a lot needs to be invested into it, mm -hmm. but it's worthwhile if we're going to enable the bottom of the pyramid to get more value mm -hmm. within what we call financial inclusion. Okay. Yeah. I think from what, most of what you said, it appears that the uh, financial technology has a huge role to play in financial inclusion. 
from from literally everything you you know talked about is is the financial technology kind of uh, innovations that are bringing in the people at the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. But then you also mentioned the issue about uh, regulation. You you say now even Uganda is just coming up with regulation to regulate this uh, digital financial services in a way. So do you think that we should have regulated before, or is the regulation coming after or? after people have you know done these things better in that it allowed us to be as open and innovative as possible yeah i think we we have the right setup uh, the regulators have provided the right environments whereby um regulation is supposed to be proportional mm -hmm. now for it to be proportional you need to understand the environment the complexities um, under which you're operating for you to have a rational view and a proportional view to regulation. Now, uh, it has taken 10, 15 years. Of, um, earlier, there were guidelines, like in Uganda, and many markets have had guidelines, but not necessarily uh, acts. Mm -hmm. Now, they, the, the regulators and all the players have learned over this period of time how do these digital financial platforms uh, work? Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you uh, ensure you give the benefit to the people without putting them at risk? So there have been learnings. Um, now, with all these learnings, now a regulation comes in that is better informed. It would have been catastrophic if the regulation came in uh, before without even understanding the context. Um, countries that put regulation first mm. across Africa many have had very slow progress on financial inclusion because they put in regulation that wasn't enabling. They put in regulation that was restricting non-bank players. Non-bank players here include things like telcos, like a fintech that comes in that is not necessarily a bank. They put in regulation that was very restricting mm -hmm. of this. Now, because of that, they've slowed down the inclusion of their people to formal finance tools. They are realizing now that uh, maybe they need to open up. They need to look at this thing differently because uh, the regulation they put in was prohibitive. Mm. So uh, to your question, I think a market like Uganda, uh, it's been the right thing to let the industry start, grow, uh, learn, give them guidelines, engage them. Then once we are, we are reaching some level of maturity, then come with these acts. Um, that now formulates everything, puts clarity on who is the regulator around this, how do we manage uh, consumer prote protection, how do we manage uh, competitive tendencies. Um, so now that's coming up, but it's now better informed mm. than if it had come in 15 years back. When they don't even know what it is. Because I, I think actually 15 years back, no one knew how far this would go, even the journey you just talked us through. Where exactly. Products were, have been developed just out of need, out of you know ideas. So maybe they would have constrained uh, that particular process. Exactly. So if, mm. if, if you project into the future, what is the outlook of uh, digital financial services and mobile financial services? The outlook of uh, digital financial services is very bright. Um, but um, um, before I can uh, talk about it particularly, I would look at it from what's the outlook of Africa people from social development perspective. Mm -hmm. Because um, whatever we are doing, uh, at the end of the day, whether I'm doing it digitally or non-digitally, all I want is a better life. 
for me, my family, my people. That's, that's the bottom line. So we have to look at um, the outlook in this context um, from the social perspective, social and economic perspective of our people. Mm -hmm. um, governments, um, development partners like NGOs are all interested in this. Um, we've had things like the, 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 the development goals mm -hmm. um, uh, put 2020, 2050, what needs to happen. Whereby you're looking at um, economies uh, where you have people that have been educated, uh, where people have access to health services, where you have the right infrastructure for roads uh, to move um, uh, produce, um, where you have the good support systems like uh, judiciary in case there is some um, kind of conflict. Conflict part is part of society. Mm -hmm. So uh, the, the, the bigger social outlook for Africa it still has so much desired mm -hmm. to be done by everyone. Um, but it's bright. It's bright because we have a young population, uh, which young population, if well nurtured, uh, if well supported, uh, is, will be up to a very productive Africa. Now, when it comes to financial technology um, as something that um, uh, puts all this together, the outlook is definitely bright. Uh, whereby uh, we're looking at what we call uh, a platform economy. A platform economy um, is now an economy that um, has what we call network effects. Mm -hmm. Network effects, I'll give you an example. Uh, you've, you see something like uh, Google, uh, Facebook, um, Airbnb, mm -hmm. uh, Uber. Mm -hmm. uh, these are platform businesses. What they do, they, at the start, they realize that, okay, Facebook, uh, I have someone who wants to talk to 10 people. I do connect them. Once I've connected them, they start to create value in their communications. Once they start to create value, the network grows. As the network grows, then more additions come on top. People realize that, you know what? Now I can do business. Mm. I, I need to sell my, 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 my spare parts, mm -hmm. I put up a Facebook page, mm -hmm. and then uh, people, get to, see it. people mm -hmm. get to see it. Mm -hmm. Because now you build the network effects. Um, Airbnb um, for uh, housing. People were traveling and looking for housing, uh, affordable housing. Uh, of course, hotels have always been there. But then this Airbnb comes and it's like, you know what? I need to connect consumers and mm -hmm. the suppliers. Yes. I bring the people who have the houses, let them put their houses. I go through a process of quality control. Then you come, I connect you to, and then you're able to, to get uh, an affordable housing, not necessarily in a hotel in some cases, mm -hmm. but you get something good. So it grows very fast as a platform. At the end of the day, after five, ten years, mm -hmm. you see it is all around the world. Yeah. Um, you look at um, things like... Um, Uber, Uber. Mm. Uh, Taxify, mm. um, there, is, there are even some Ugandan versions of these applications. Yes. They realize, okay, there is a market need mm -hmm. for people who are moving. Get this network together. Get the drivers, mm. get the consumers, yeah. connect them. Do the, here the element is make the right connection. Once you make the right connection, mm. then you will create the value. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you connect, say, a Uber driver mm -hmm. who is in Kampala and connect them to a consumer who is in Jinja, mm -hmm. it won't be the right connection mm -hmm. because we take them an extra three hours to get there. Mm -hmm. Now, putting the right technology, the algorithms, 
to get the right connections. Then people will start to see the value being created. Now, platform business is what now financial technology is about at the moment. Financial technology is also now um, moved by the concept of the platform business, whereby if you look at um, what we call agents banking, mm -hmm. um, you have agents out there, mm -hmm. um, mobile money, you have agents out there. Now, someone needs to make a, a, a deposit. Mm -hmm. um, they need an agent, maybe a nearby agent. They will go here, there, mm -hmm. make that, 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 that deposit. Then they can be able to come either to a platform that is e-commerce um, or just on their own menus, mm -hmm. make a bill payment. Yeah. Now, the economy of scale here is within the network. The more the agents mm -hmm. that you do get, mm -hmm. uh, the more access points, the more value you, you create. Pay. Because then I will know if I'm traveling to Kabale mm. today, mm. I don't need to carry my one million. I put it on my mobile money mm. because I know if I go in Kabale, mm. if I want to, to, we'll to cash it out, I will agent. find an agent. Now, that's where we are. But like what I said earlier, I even want to move away from that level whereby I go to Kabale, mm. I know I want to get brew from Kabale mm. or Irish from Kabale. Mm. I have my one million in my wallet. Mm. I will pay the, 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 the gardener there, mm. the, the farm manager there. I will pay with my mobile and then carry my, 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 my potatoes, mm. my Irish and bring it. Mm. So that's where we are going. So to, to your question again, um, I see the future that we do have is an evolution of the platform business. Uh, platform business, in this case, being uh, uh, financial technology that is, well, that is having roots of uh, platforms, network effects. Mm -hmm. Then there is the element of um, um, what do you need to make these platforms effective? Mm -hmm. Technology in itself is evolving. Um, evolving in a sense that you want to always have um, a technology and a business which you operate at costs that make business sense for you and affordability for the customer. If you recall, we said earlier one of the elements of financial inclusion is the affordability. Yes. You don't want to be in a business whereby you're putting out services that are, uh, too, expensive. That are too expensive. People won't use them. And I mean, you'll be out of business for a short while. Yeah. So um, as you're doing these platform businesses, mm -hmm. technology that is um, cost efficient, so elements of things like cloud do come in, mm -hmm. cloud computing, cloud yeah. uh, whereby you, 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 you're getting uh, banks, telcos, uh, fintechs, making use of cloud technology mm -hmm. to host their platforms mm -hmm. um, and to have more modern platforms. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have elements like what we call API, mm -hmm. an API-first approach, whereby you want an ecosystem mm -hmm. uh, for people that connect in much more easily. Uh, for you to, to, to get access and maybe do a service on top of uh, a Bank of Uganda application like this, the, the, the central deposits um, application or the, the uh, um, uh, clearing house. Um, you may not, right now, you may not have an API mm -hmm. to it. But the evolution should be once you do like a national payment switch, mm -hmm. you, you, or you're a bank, you're a fintech, you have an API first approach. You, you're exposing APIs mm -hmm. there in uh, the right technology REST formats. Mm -hmm. um, for fintechs, for consumers to easily connect to you. So we see the, uh, this evolution. Mm. Whereby for, an, for an untechnical person, you, you, you're talking about developing technology that is open for anyone who in future can connect to. Correct. Okay. So we are looking at open technologies. Mm -hmm. Open technologies, but uh, principally here, are, are open APIs. 
uh, Open API is publicly exposed. Mm. So um, I, I know telcos have started this already. Um, some banks have. Um, some regulators have mandated it. Uh, to try and open it like in europe there's what they call open banking yeah. whereby you can be able to access via an api data around um transactions for customer who has allowed mm -hmm. from any of their banks so that's open banking in the so, ugandan act are we do we have that uh, the ugandan act is not explicit about that okay. about uh, open banking it's not okay. explicit about that but are uh, the the innovations that coming in from uh, the, the financial technology players are moving in that line okay. whereby you're seeing uh, openness mm -hmm. over apis so um, to, to say cloud, mm -hmm. um, API, APIs, uh, then you have uh, evolutions like for, with uh, artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. um, I gave you an example whereby mm -hmm. uh, I should be in position mm -hmm. of uh, telling my fridge to order, um, order, order, order this. Mm -hmm. It needs some bit of artificial intelligence. Mm -hmm. And also importantly, artificial intelligence, there will be many use cases. Mm -hmm. uh, transaction cases, there will be cases of just understanding people behavior in relation to fraud mm -hmm. uh, you want to be because there's going to be a lot of data that um, is is moving within these payments mm -hmm. now all this data mm -hmm. needs to be understood which is very hard by me and you individuals mm -hmm. to, to to crunch numbers to crunch movement and relations within uh data that is say eight million transactions every day mm -hmm. now artificial intelligence comes in it can help us to be like, how effectively can I look at um, Damali in uh, Kabale doing their small business, doing these transactions, and how effectively can I find their relation and their, their trust uh, and be able to say, you know what, Damali, I don't need you to sign a paper here. Mm -hmm. I will give you the $50 that you need to do your stock. Now, artificial intelligence helps that, gives you the level of confidence mm -hmm. that we've seen Damali's movement, data uh, for transactions over the last one week one month one year we can tell you by uh, uh, with confidence 90 percent you can trust to give them 50 give them only 50 dollars mm. and we'll be paid mm. artificial intelligence comes in and we're going to see a lot of evolutions and applications that come in to use okay. artificial intelligence mm. all our fintechs uh, will have ideas mm. in how do you uh, use uh, artificial, artificial intelligence for this mm. uh, there is what we call uh, regtech Mm -hmm. RegTech, uh, which is more regulation technology, okay. um, mm -hmm. whereby you have um, uh, you have um, regulations coming in. Mm -hmm. Regulations require compliance mm -hmm. because the regulation will say, "Okay, at the end of the day, I want you to tell me transactions of people that maybe haven't transacted in one year that came in with with uh, with amounts greater than this that and all that kind of thing." You need technology mm. to uh, to quickly crunch your numbers, your data, mm. and then uh, satisfy compliance. Okay. Be able to tell the central bank mm. or whoever is in charge of uh, um, uh, supervision for the, the financial institutions mm. to be like, you know what, as part of compliance, I'm expected to give you this information, this information. and I timely yes. deliver it. And it's just using the system's exactly. data. And so, um, uh, RegTech, things like... Um, uh, in Uganda, we've seen uh, national ID. Yes. Uh, how does the national ID mm. uh, system become effective to not ex exclude, to be more inclusive? Mm -hmm. Whereby you want this national ID system mm. to be accessed by a small fintech that is make uh, lending uh, Damali or lending me by someone else. How do we evolve? To get this kind of technologies mm. to be accessible okay. we are at some stage mm. uh, but we have many 
steps yes. to go for this kind of uh, regulation related kind of technologies to also be in place and to be accessible with the full value that you want to, to include everyone you, you you don't want to be in an expensive uh, kind of setup whereby um each bank is still doing their KYC, each fintech is doing their KYC, um, each telco is doing their KYC, and I mean, all that is money being spent, yeah. which could have been put to more value elsewhere. Mm. Not that it's bad, mm. it's just that these are the steps you have to go through okay. to the level whereby we get the, all these things much more simplified. You have one single point of identification mm -hmm. for a bank, for a telco, for, telco. for another service provider. Uh, we, we, we are at a journey to get this. Mm -hmm. And like I said earlier, um, when I talked about AI and all of this, data is at the center of it. So data technologies mm -hmm. are going to be evolving to make sure that we can do all these things much more better. Okay. Yeah. Well, Mark, uh, it's been really, really educative. Thank you. Do you have any last words for that? Well, I'm very glad to be part of the Ideation Corner. Thank you. Um, personally, um, like you did the introduction, I'm very keen on our financial inclusion. Um, things that... Um, better the lives of our people um it can be outside financial inclusion but i always see an angle how all these things tie back to uh enabling finance uh technologies uh, there are so many opportunities out there for our people uh the young people that um uh in schools in uh, graduating the open apis a child who is interested in uh, technology uh, can always look out for the open tools uh open apis to test at university, in secondary. So there are opportunities there for children and uh, for fintechs. So this should be explored. Um, all the ideas that um, our people do have are good ideas. Uh, it's only an element of go the extra mile. Um, don't just have the idea and then uh, someone implements it tomorrow and then you claim, no, so-and-so stole my idea. We, we see so many such cases. So what should happen is that have your idea, go the extra mile of investing your own time, your own resources wherever possible, look for colleagues, look for partnerships, for you to um, realize this idea, to try it out. Even if that doesn't become your ultimate um, end business idea, it helps you grow. At the end of the day, once you've done one, two, three, four, five ideas, maybe your seventh idea is going to be the biggest that will uh, give um, um, uh, the world a change, your community change, and your own self a change. I do encourage all of you to be part of this. Uh, there you had it from Mark. Uh, please don't die with your ideas. As he said, please test out your idea, work on it. Uh, in regards to financial and digital inclusion, apparently there are open APIs out, out there. So if you have any idea on how to implement it, please go ahead and do it. Uh, other than that, thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for watching the Ideation Corner. Please uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel.